97.9 The Hill, WCHL, and UNC School of Media and Journalism present Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. Sports Focus, dedicated to in-depth examination of issues of overriding importance in the sports world. Each week, we'll discuss problems and look for solutions in professional, collegiate, and amateur sports. From Carroll Hall on the Carolina campus, here's your host, UNC Journalism Professor Charlie Tuggle. Welcome to Sports Focus. Our topic today, the afterglow of the women's national team's victory in the World Cup. Our guest, Crystal Dunn, starting defender on that team and a UNC alum. Crystal, you weren't the only UNC alum on that team. Five different former Tar Heels played on the women's national team. What was it like to be, what is it like to be part of that legacy of UNC women's soccer and then move into the highest reaches of women's soccer with the national team? Yeah, um, I'm always the first to say that I am such a proud alum. You know, um, UNC was a special part of my life. Um, being a part of that school for four years taught me so much. And, you know, just the people you meet, too, and, um, you know, the family that you create there. And, of course, being on the national team with, uh, you know, five Tar Heels, uh, we always, you know, reminisce on just any stories that we all have. I mean, we were all there at different times. So, of course, there were years that I didn't share with, you know, Tobin and Allie Long and, and people like that. But um, we all basically speak about how special that time was that we can be a part of that uh, that school. Yeah, so uh, another part of the UNC women's soccer legacy is perhaps the most well-known women's uh, female athlete in the world, Mia Hamm. So, you know, you're you're sort of getting up into into that uh, range now, having won the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mia is also one of the best people ever. I mean, she's so supportive of the U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, she was there in France celebrating with us. Um, and, of course, I always feel like I have that special bond with her because she is such a legend at UNC and just women's soccer in as a whole, you know. And um, I think that is definitely one of the main reasons a lot of people – are, uh, you know, driven to go to UNC because they know there are so many legends that have walked through that um, program. And, you know, it's not a bad thing to say, hey, I went to the same school as Mia Hamm. <laughs> yeah. And the coach uh, has a pretty legendary name, too, Anson Dorrance. And he's the he's the constant through all of that. Yes. I mean, Anson is a huge part of, you know, the team's success and, and the legacy that was obviously built um, throughout so many years. And uh, Anson's honestly, he's he's one of the best people in my life. I feel like I always uh, have his support. He texts me after every game that I play in, whether it's a uh, club or the national team. He's always giving me advice on things that he thinks I could do better and just, like, giving me, you know, so much more confidence that I sometimes don't even know I need. But, you know, ending my game and having a message from Anson in the locker room is uh, something that I always look forward to. That's very cool. All right. Think about 2012. 2018 and 2019 and what those three years have in common in your career? Um, well, I definitely won championships in all of those years. So (laughs) (laughs) I think that's where you're pointing at, but yes, 2012, um, winning the NCAA tournament was, was amazing. It was incredible. Uh, throughout that whole year too, we were not playing our best soccer. And I remember Anson, um, you know, just, working with us through that season, knowing that it wasn't, um, you know, a perfect season, but for us to hoist the trophy up at the end of the year was, 
um, just even sweeter, you know, knowing that it was this imperfect year, but we all came together at the perfect time. Um, fast forward 2018, um, playing on North Carolina Courage, uh, a powerhouse in itself. And we obviously, uh, last year was a historic year for the club. We won ICC tournament uh, championships and we won the Shield, which is the regular league season um, we won that. And then we obviously won the championship at the end of the year. And, you know, at that time I was like, wow, what more can we win at this point? You know? <laughs> um, and of course about a month ago, actually, was it a month ago? Yeah. About a month ago. Well, less than that. Um, hoisting up the trophy in France was the most incredible feeling ever. I feel like all of my hard work over my whole course of my career really paid off in that moment when the final whistle blew. I think it was, uh, you know, the, of course, the trophy gets moved around to different players. But if I recall correctly, there was a point that Tobin was right in the middle and you were right next to her. And it's like, man, that's a picture of UNC excellence. Right there. <laughs> yeah, of course. Wherever the trophy was going, we were all like hovering around it like, OK, my turn, my turn. <laughs> all right, let's jump back to 2012. Remind our listeners some of the players on that team. Um, yeah, uh, it was me, Kalia Ojai, um, Amber Brooks, um, Katie Bowen. I mean, the list goes on and on with a lot of people that are still currently playing, um, soccer till this day, which I think is really cool. I think when I look back on, you know, powerful moments in my career, I always look at, you know, who was on the team right by my side at that point. And, um, and yeah, and I, I'm still so happy to play against the same people that I uh, shared the field with on those days um, in the league currently playing um, a sport that we love. And was it 2012 also the U-20 World Cup? Yes, yes. How could I actually forget? It was our U-20 World Cup. Uh, we won in Tokyo, and it was, I mean, I can't even. We were so young, but yet we we all knew how powerful that moment was for us, just representing our country, uh, playing in a World Cup. And, um, again, I think it's it's incredible, that whole tournament run that we had. We weren't perfect. We lost 3-0 to uh, Germany in group play. And then once knockout rounds came, we were basically like, listen, guys, we have a second chance at this. We need to really, you know, pull pull together and, and, gel, and gel better together. And um, in the end, we had we ended up beating Germany in the final. So I think it's just an incredible story of just how you, you know, even if you have a rough start, it's really about how you finish and how you, um, you know, motivate each other to, to get through it. Sports Focus. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Focus. We're talking with Crystal Dunn of the U.S. Women's National Team, fresh off the uh, the win in the World Cup. Uh, Crystal, 19 is an important number because you won the World Cup in 2019. You also wear that number. Usually a player picks a number for a, a specific reason. Why 19? Um, so really cool, interesting story of why I wear 19 now is in college, 19 was Mia Hamm's number at the University of North Carolina. And um, it came out of retirement my sophomore year. So I was wearing number five my freshman year. It came out of retirement my sophomore year. And 
the the team took a trip to the 2011 uh, World Cup in Germany, and there was Mia, and she pulled me aside. She goes, Crystal, I want to ask you something. I'm like, oh, goodness, it's Mia Hamm. Like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and she basically says, my, my number's coming out of retirement, and I I would want you to wear it. No, no, wait, wait, wait just a second. Make sure our listeners catch that. Mia Hamm tells you she wants you to wear her number. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You heard correctly. And I remember like basically telling her, I do not want to wear this number because if I play poorly in it, I feel like I'm shaming you and just I don't want that on me. And she was like, listen, do you think I've never had a bad game in that jersey? And I was like, I really don't think you probably did have a bad game in that jersey. (laughs) Um, But, you know, fast forward, I'm wearing um, 19 and I end up retiring the number 19. So basically whoever wears uh, 19 at UNC has my name on one sleeve and Mia Hamm's name on the other sleeve. So I think it was like just an incredible story. And, you know, just having my name um, on this on the sleeve of a player, a current player now is just, you know, it's an amazing feeling. It, it makes me feel, um, you know, so honored to be a part of that program. And, and now someone gets to carry the torch and hopefully retire the jersey again, too. Uh, so that is why I currently still wear 19. I think it was such a powerful story that, um, 19 is a part of me. It's, it's you know, who I am. And, of course, 2019 was a special year, and everyone now looks at 19, and they're probably thinking, ah, oh, Chris, where's that number? What a cool number. <laughs> That's a very good number to have. Yeah, so, uh, of course, the tournament took place in, in France, uh, and you beat France in the, I think it was in the quarters. Was that sort of a house-divided sort of thing? Because uh, there might have been somebody rooting maybe just a tiny bit for France, even though... You guys were playing France? Yes, yes. Well, my husband is French, and I knew that this was going to be a very interesting point when we got to playing um, against France in the quarters, but he's always been supportive of me. Of course, uh, as far as the whole sport of soccer in France, he's always supportive of just the growth of the game. Um, and he's, al- he's always voiced that to me, but I think um, in the World Cup he was – on the right side, uh, we didn't get into any arguments. He was cheering my name loudly, and um, it was just an incredible atmosphere for him to be a part of. A lot of our uh, friends who live in France, his parents were there, and it was just an incredible just environment for women's soccer as a whole, just two top nations competing against each other in the host country. Um, the environment was, was unbelievable. Awesome. You know, it seems like you just got back to North Carolina uh, with the courage and and already you're gone again. So what's up? Yeah, I mean, that is definitely um, one of the hard things about playing in our in our league in the U.S. is it's through the summer. So whenever there is a major tournament such as a World Cup or an Olympics, you know, if you go on and, and win the whole thing, you basically get one week of celebrations and then you're back in, you know. So I think it is challenging. It's mentally hard for players to uh, have a breather and be able to kind of soak in the fact that, you know, you're world champions, you just won something so major, but then yet uh, celebration is over. You got to get back to work, you know? Um, so I think that is a bit difficult. I think, um, you know, it's challenging. We all kind of had to ease our way back in when we felt we were ready to do that. And some people are feeling great. Some people are still feeling the effects, but um, but yeah, we're all in our respectable uh, markets and, and back playing. All right. The next really big tournament on uh, for the national team will be the Olympics. And we all remember what happened against Sweden in the Olympics at Rio. So what's what, what's the mindset there? Um, 
Yeah, I think um, we all know, obviously, like you just stated, what happened last uh, last run in the Olympics. And, um, you know, it was, it was a challenging moment for us. That was the first time we, we've never placed um, and won a medal in a major event. So that was obviously super crushing for all of us. But I think we're a completely new team. We have, um, you know, a new mentality and just new players and a, just a new way of really going about our business. And I think, um, you know, things will definitely be different. It's not going to be easy. I'm not saying we'll walk into an Olympics and hope to be just, you know, showing up and and winning a medal or anything. But I think uh, from 2016 until now, the team has definitely evolved and um, there's just more of an understanding of who we are and who we want to be and how we want to play. All right. And of course, uh, the the Olympics will be in Tokyo, the site of the U-20 World Cup. You know, things tend to come around, uh, you know, full circle in, in situations like this. Yes, definitely. I mean, I remember speaking with Juilliard um, recently just saying, like, you know, we need to be on that Olympic roster. I think, you know, our life really will be coming full circle. Just, you know, being so young um, on the U-20s and, and playing in that major tournament for us at the time and doing it all over again at, at, at an Olympics is going to be incredible. And I'm sure all of us will be. Uh, excited to try and make this roster and hopefully if we are there we will definitely be living it up and and going down memory lane (laughs) sports focus returns right after this you're listening to sports focus with charlie tuggle and now back to the show Welcome back to Sports Focus and our discussion with Crystal Dunn, starting defender on the U.S. Women's National Team and a World Cup champion. Uh, Crystal, one of the there are a couple of chants that we heard at the World Cup: USA, USA. We also heard equal pay, equal pay. And there's some news uh, that that's uh, happened earlier this week about equal pay that the USSF basically says we pay the women the same as we pay the men. What what are your thoughts about that? Um, Yeah, I think I'm not super involved in obviously um, all the decisions that are being made on our behalf or whatever, but I, you know, think it's a healthy relationship between us and U.S. soccer. I think we've always uh, worked well together. There are going to be some things we don't agree with, and I think – um, the equal pay lawsuit is something that we just felt the need to bring up and um, and really just play it by ear on how things pan out. I think we, we made the right decision with focusing mostly on the World Cup and, you know, not really allowing this lawsuit uh, to affect us and what we were trying to achieve at the World Cup. So, um, yeah, there's going to be some decisions being made. And I think for us, it's, it's good for us to stay involved in it, but also know that we are soccer players first and, our job is to really just try and be at our best. And um, when we get called into camps, just perform and, and kind of let everything else take its course. Very diplomatic of you. <laughs> I wanted. Uh, I was talking to uh, the uh, beat writer uh, for Sports Illustrated, the, uh, the soccer beat writer, prior to the World Cup. And we were talking about the possibility of that lawsuit being a distraction. And it's like, you know, gosh, they. it's like they almost have to win because – it would be so easy to say, oh, well, they were distracted by this this thing going on. And uh, I think you just stated that you were able to focus on what you needed to focus on. How important was that to the outcome? Yeah, it was It was never really an issue. I don't think there really were any conversations really being brought up during the World Cup on, oh, the lawsuit, like that's what we have to, you know, 
take care of when we get back to the States. It was really, you know, World Cup is starting. We are all about the World Cup. Nothing else matters at this moment. But representing ourselves, our families, our, our country, and, um, you know, and winning a World Cup. So it never really was an issue. I, I'm so happy and proud that the team, um, you know, really focused in and narrowed in on what really mattered most. And at that point, it's, it's definitely winning a World Cup. I think one of the things that's most interesting about it is that uh, fans tend to say, we won the World Cup. They don't say, we won the Women's World Cup. Do you feel like that, being on equal footing with the men in that regard, is even more important than the equal pay thing? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it's important. Like they say, we, you know, our main motto for U.S. soccer is, you know, we're one team, one nation. And I think, um, you know, erasing the whole, oh, women's world cup thing actually um, is a powerful statement. You know, I want fans in the U.S., whether you're a male or female, to say we won the world cup in 2019, you know. It doesn't have to be it was a women's World Cup because then I think some people do feel like they place, you know, oh, it's just a women's World Cup, though. It's not it's not as valuable as the men's World Cup. So I think it's important, actually, when you do change the narrative and you start kind of making it really feel like it's one team, one nation. It's not a men's team or women's team. It's it's a team that is successful. And uh, we want fans to get on board and, and support us, regardless if you're male or female. So you look at the World Cup that you were just in. The number of people in the stands, the number of people who tuned in worldwide, I I think you are on equal footing with the men. And as far as success, you're doing a little better than the men right now. Um, Yeah, I think what I actually really, truly enjoyed in France was seeing that the stadiums were packed. Like, I think the discussion of, are people in favor of women's sports? Like, are people in favor of women's soccer? I think that question can really no longer be asked anymore because when I look in those stands in the World Cup and I see every seat filled, you know, just all the support and people really, really invested in the women's game, I think we now have to move past the, is women's soccer worth investing in? You know what I mean? Because I feel like that conversation should be put to rest now and it's about how we actually are going to just grow the game even more and not ask, is it worth it? Should we invest? Yeah, I think it was I think it was Procter and Gamble that just gave a bunch of money to help, you know, uh, lessen the the pay gap. And Congress is talking about, you know, that there needs to be equal footing. And uh, I think it was even Snoop Dogg who came out and said, "Those give those girls their money or something like that. So uh, it has to feel good to be in a place that the sport has tried to reach for a long time. Yeah, um, I think we are there. I think... You know, with a lot of companies now investing in the game, um, as you just said, P&G, um, you know, Budweiser is now investing in um, the NWSL. And I think that's the new that's the new changes that are going to be happening. And that's exactly what we need. I think um, it's really about people acting now. I think a lot of people do want to support our sport and they see value in our sport. But I think a lot of people don't know how they can get involved or what next steps. And I think... Um, you know, as soon as we, the quicker we can iron out, you know, those details, I think more and more people you'll find actually do want to invest and be a part of this game. And that does it for this edition of Sports Focus. Thanks to our guest, Crystal Dunn, national or world champion at the World Cup and a proud Tar Heel. Thanks also to engineer Michael Cohen, as always. Thanks to you for listening. 
Cheers. Thanks to Richard Southall, Mark Nagel, and Deborah Southall at the College Sport Research Institute at the University of South Carolina for their research and guidance and for access to CSRI's international network of sources. Sports Focus is the service of UNC School of Media and Journalism.